Section 39 of 93 by Victor Hugo, translated by Aline Delano. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 3, Book 2, Chapter 4, A Second Time. They had won the victory, and, turning to the men of the battalion of the Bonnet Rouge, Gauvin exclaimed, Though you are but twelve, you are equal to a thousand. One word from the chief in times like these was as good as the cross of honor. Gechamp, who had been sent by Gauvin outside the city in pursuit of the fugitives, captured many of them. Torches were lighted, and the town was searched. All those who had not been able to escape surrendered themselves. The principal street, illuminated by potes à feu, was strewn with the dead and the wounded. The fierce struggle that always terminates a battle was still continued by a few groups of desperate fighters, who, however, on being surrounded, threw down their arms and surrendered. Gauvin had observed amid the wild tumult of the flight a fearless man, vigorous and agile as a fawn, who stood his own ground while covering the flight of the others. This peasant, after handling his musket like an expert, alternately firing and using the butt as a club, until he had broken it, now stood grasping a pistol in one hand and a saber in the other, and no man dared approach him. Suddenly Gauvin saw him reel and lean against one of the pillars of the principal street. He was evidently wounded, but he still held his saber and his pistols. Gauvin put his sword under his arm and came up to him. As he called upon him to surrender, the man gazed steadily at him, while the blood oozing from his wound formed a pool at his feet. "'You are my prisoner,' said Gauvin. "'What is your name?' "'Dans Salombre,' was the reply. "'You are a brave fellow,' said Gauvin, extending his hand. "'Long live the king,' cried the man. Then gathering all his strength, and raising both hands simultaneously, he fired his pistol at Gauvin's heart, at the same time aiming a blow at his head with the saber. This movement, tiger-like in its rapidity, was yet forestalled by the action of another. A horseman had appeared on the scene. He had been there for some moments without attracting attention, and when he saw the Vendean lift his saber and pistol, he threw himself between the latter and Gauvin, intercepting the saber thrust by his own person while his horse was struck by the pistol shot, and both horse and rider fell to the ground. Thus Gauvin's life was saved. All this took place as quickly as one would utter a cry. The Vendean also sank to the pavement. The blow from the sabre struck the man full in the face. He lay on the ground in a swoon. The horse was killed. Gauvin drew near, asking, as he approached, if any could tell who he was. On looking at him more closely, he saw that the blood was gushing over the face of the wounded man, covering it as with a red mask, and rendering it impossible to distinguish his features. One could see that his hair was grey. "'He has saved my life,' said Gauvin. "'Does anyone here know him?' Uh, "'Commander,' said a soldier, "'he has but just arrived from town. I saw him coming from the direction of Pontorson.' The surgeon-in-chief of the division hurried up with his instrument case. The wounded man was still unconscious, but after examining him, the surgeon said, Oh, this is nothing but a simple cut. It can be sewed, and in eight days he will be on his feet again. That was a fine saber cut. The wounded man wore a cloak and a tricolored belt, with pistols and a saber. They placed him on a stretcher, and, after undressing him, a bucket of water was brought, and the surgeon washed the wound. As the face began to appear, Gauvin studied it attentively. Has he any papers about him? he asked. The surgeon felt in his side pocket and drew out a pocket-book, which he handed to Gauvin. Meanwhile the wounded man, revived by the cold water, was regaining his consciousness. His eyelids quivered slightly. Gauvin was looking over the pocket-book, 
in which he discovered a sheet of paper folded four times. He opened it and read, Committee of Public Safety, Citizen Seymour Dan. Seymour Dan! he cried, whereupon the wounded man opened his eyes. Govan was beside himself. It is you, Seymour Dan! For the second time you have saved my life! Seymour Dan looked at Govan, while a sudden burst of joy, impossible to describe, lit up his bleeding face. Govan fell on his knees before him, exclaiming, My master! Thy father, said Seymour Dan. End of section 39